Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Christ is born, glorify him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Well, today is December 31st. Today is New Year's Eve. It's a day of transition. Um, tomorrow is a new year, uh, according to our secular calendar, but it's a calendar that's been in use with the government and in popular uh, understanding for a long time. And this transition is the cultural uh, demarcation between the year 2023 and the year 2024. Now, even though the um, secular calendar isn't the um, liturgical calendar, the church calendar, it is still the year that we count according to, you know, um, the year of our Lord, Anno Domini 2024. So I, I used to be kind of a, a skeptic and didn't think there was um, much to be excited about on December 31st, New Year's Eve. But I, I'm starting to come around and realize that, um, you know, the rest of the world is making a big deal of this and we live in the world and it would be uh, silly to not take notice that people all around us who have no uh, particular sense of um, time, they just live day to day, uh, 40 hours a week, et cetera, et cetera. Sundays mean nothing to them. There's no, you know, first and eighth day celebration. And yet for so many of those people, something about December 31st and January 1st means something. There's a transition happening all around us. And I think it's important to take account of that. Now, the church calendar doesn't completely ignore the transition to the new year. And in fact, the reason that January 1st begins a new year at the time in the year that we are um, is important. The winter solstice um, astronomically was on December 23rd, I think, this year, or 22nd, one of the, one of the two. For centuries, for millennia, human beings have been noticing because they paid attention because they didn't have cell phones that the sun was spending less and less time in the sky all through what we call December now. And then at a certain point in late December, the sun starts spending more time in the sky. That transition is what we call the solstice. And this solstice meant something to generations, hundreds of generations of human beings seeing that the world was becoming darker and darker, and then all of a sudden it was becoming lighter and lighter. Now, in the church, what happens right at about this time? We celebrate the coming of Jesus, the son of righteousness coming into the world, a world that had been getting darker and darker, it seemed. And all of a sudden, it's not like the world just became super bright, but the few who knew where to look started noticing, hey, there's a new light coming into the world. And so this transition of Christmas and the winter solstice is already uh, a wonderful joining of the physical reality that we see around us in the sky and the spiritual reality that we know uh, God is orchestrating in this world. So Jesus is born at the time when light starts conquering the darkness again. But that's not the only transition to happen. Eight days after uh, Jesus was born, he is circumcised according to the old law of Moses. Now, uh, 
that would be tomorrow. Today's the seventh day of Christmas. Tomorrow on the eighth day is the actual feast of the circumcision. But we're, we're here on Sunday, so I'm going to talk about it because um, it's no accident that um, people, Christians, especially in Northern Europe, realize that the beginning of the new year uh, also happened on this octave of Christmas when something extra is cut off. I won't go into circumcision much, but there's the idea of that which is not needed, that which is uh, superfluous, that which is um, be more than we need, we intentionally cut off. And St. Paul describes the circumcision of our hearts where we cut out everything except for that which is looking for God. Now, this accords perfectly with the nature of God, who himself is a consuming fire, a purgative fire. He burns up everything that isn't worthy of him and his kingdom and leaves that which is worthy. And so uh, despite the fact that there's a cause for Thanksgiving um, and partying on the 31st of December as we transition into a new year, there's also this um, innate sense that now at the beginning of a new year, it might be time to start digging in. That's why so many people make resolutions at the beginning of the new year. Okay, we've, we've had our party time. Now it's time to get down to brass tacks. Let's, let's make this new year what it ought to be. Let's cut out all that we don't need and let's make some resolutions and let's be good this coming year, right? And so the Feast of the Circumcision is the perfect feast day for this. Uh, there was, you know, kind of a, a carnival atmosphere in Northern Europe on the 31st. And then on the 1st, this Feast of the Circumcision, there is a, a new uh, sense of um, being more sober-minded. Um, today also happens to be, today, the seventh day of Christmas, the Feast of uh, St. Sylvester, who himself, I think, gives us a really good um, idea of what a transition looks like, because he was the first bishop of Rome at the transition from, the, uh, from Christianity being illegal in the Roman Empire to being legalized. This, this happened right when uh, Constantine became the emperor and legalized Christianity, and we see uh, decades and centuries of persecution come to an end of the church, and then we see uh, a special favor being granted to the Christian church. And it actually then becomes the ascendant religion of the entire Roman Empire. And presiding over this transition, this threshold, is St. Sylvester, um, who we don't have a lot of information about his life, but can you imagine leading a church of persecuted Christians in the capital of the Roman Empire and then all of a sudden having... The, the, the faith be legalized and the emperor taking notice and start offering to build you churches. St. Sylvester had to uh, adapt and, and learn how to uh, change, you know, pastorally his approach to um, how to shepherd his people. And so we have all these transitions happening. Transitions are a strange uh, feature of life for us. They happen almost immediately. Often we don't even realize that they have passed. It's like a threshold to a house, a door. I have um, Jonathan Pajot, an Orthodox writer, to thank for giving me this insight. A threshold really is, it's kind of like um, Zeno's paradox. It's, it's a mathematical point that once you've crossed it, you don't even realize that you've crossed it. A threshold is almost nothing. 
because you look behind you and there's all this reality of, of where you've been and you look ahead and there's this new place and, and somehow at some point you cross it, but how do you even know where it is? You can't measure the exact place where a house begins or ends you know, at the front door. Um, and that's what life is like for us too. We often can't measure precisely where we uh, cross from one reality into the next. But uh, the Romans, the pagan Romans, thought that they had uh, a great idea for a god. And let's be honest, this came out of somebody's head. This tradition of a, a creature, a god, named Janus, who had one face on the back of his head and one face on the front or on the sides, however you want to say it. Basically, he had two faces. They faced opposite each other, and he was supposed to preside over thresholds. Janus gives his name to January. And so the beginning of a new year is uh, attributed to this god that the Romans uh, devised, who is supposed to be able to uh, stand in the threshold and, and look forward and backwards. The problem with Janus, and, and it's as soon as you see a statue or painting of him, you realize he's a monster. He's not, we can't interface with him. He can't look at us because he doesn't have a frontward facing face. He has two that look in either direction. And so his perspective, this, this weird perspective that we can't imagine or think about, is completely inverse to ours because we only have one face. We only ever spend time in the present. We don't live in the past. We don't live in the future. Every single moment of our lives is present, right? And so every moment of our lives is transition from something that we've just come from something that we're going to, but we can't hold on to what we had and we can't reach forward and understand or grasp or predict what's gonna happen in the future. So we have this strange life where every single moment of our conscious perspective is the present. So what do we do? What God do we have recourse to who can help us uh, make sense of the past and help us with our hopes and our fears for the future? Well. We have another God who became one of us with one face to whom we can interface with. His name is Jesus Christ. But unlike Janus, his perspective of past and future isn't because he has two faces looking in either direction. It's because he has one face and he sees everything from above. So it's this Christ who came to be one of us who shares our perspective, who understands what we're going through, and knows what it's like to only be living in the present, he also, that's his humanity, in his divinity is even better than Janus and knows what it's like to see past perfectly and future perfectly. And so at this time of the year where we have all these transitions, we can look to Jesus Christ with all of our hopes and our fears. You know that, that song that I mentioned on Christmas Eve, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, O little town of Bethlehem. The reason all the hopes and the fears are met in this little baby is because this little baby is God and he knows all of our hopes and fears. He knows all of our, our anxieties, our, our haunting memories. He knows what troubles us. He knows what excites us. He knows everything about us because he became one of us. And so the God, the true God of thresholds and transitions, we come to and pray to today asking him to take all of our hopes and our fears into him and to help us along through all the transitions of life, even the scary ones. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.